You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome into the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You're joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode, and am I joined today by Erica K. Erica, it's been so long since we've had you on the show. How are you? What have so you been up long. to? I'm good. I, you know, I just I feel like my answer is probably the same as most other people's right now, just like dealing with the world. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm doing well. I'm just trying to balance going from zero to a hundred after reopening, and then now maybe preparing for possibly going back to zero again with with anticipated COVID closures here in my area. But, um, you know, business is good. It's hanging in there. And I have some exciting personal things going on in my life. And just overall, things things are really good. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It's it's a scary world out there right now. I hope everyone stays safe, <laughs> yeah. every, everyone's who's listening. And uh, we we don't want to get, get into that much here because we just want this to be photography. This, I think this yep. is the escape for a lot of listeners where they can like ignore the, the fact that there's like stuff happening. So let's ignore that Absolutely. for now. <laughs> let's All do right. it. Okay. Um, I want to do two quick things before we get to the main topic, which I'm super, super excited about this week. This It's going to be really fun. I, I was elated when I got an email this week and I just had to have the show be about it. But um, first off, I want to talk about the Facebook group sharing rules. And Erica, I'm glad you're on because you help us with this <laughs> a ton. And I, I yeah. wanted to just kind of go over it. Now, we we did do something like we're always asking listeners to engage in our community. We, we really are trying hard for this to be a supportive, supportive, uplifting community where we're all learning from each other. I'm not claiming to know everything about it. In fact, I think it's really obvious as I do episodes that I don't know everything about photography. And uh, I don't think any of us are, are really kind of claiming that. We're, we're all just saying we're all striving towards learning everything we can about it and improving and getting better at it. And the Facebook group is one of those ways that we, uh, we have this community growing and, and so being supportive there. We asked last week, Brent and I did an episode on uh, shooting the Neowise Comet, which is visible for the next little bit. It should be visible, and especially the further north you are, the better view you have of it. And we gave some tips on how to do that. And we asked people to share photos um, of the comets, like especially encouraging people who have never taken a shot to get out there, try to see if you can do it and be able to, um, to share the results. And, and we'd love to see that. And I'm really happy that people have, but we kind of need to go through, I think, kind of what rules we've established for the community on Facebook a little bit so that everyone can understand. So, Eric, just go over really quickly, like what it is we want, how we want people to to engage and post in our Facebook group. Yeah, of course. So like Jeff said, we want you guys to engage and we want you to post. But in order to keep the feed clean and not full of just thousands of photos, because we know that you guys would just submit photos all the time, which is great. Um, but we want to be able to keep the feed more educational in nature. And because of that, every week we have a weekly share thread that I post every Sunday Usually every Sunday, every once in a while, I, you know, lose track of time a little bit. But <laughs> it might be a Monday. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's on Monday, but I'd say 95% of the time it's on Sunday. Um, and that is your the place where you can share your photos for the week. So from that Sunday until the following Saturday, if you have any photos that you want to share, you just want to share them just to share them or you want critique or feedback, post them there. Now, if you if you have a very specific question about something that you're learning and want to accompany that with a photo, you can post that in the in the main group. Or if you want to share a tip or something educational that you learned and again have a photo to accompany that, you can post that in the main group. But if you just want to share, you just want critique, please use the the, sh the weekly share threads to uh, to do those. Excellent. Yes. And I want to specifically mention, we're not going to accept or approve any posts where it's like a direct link to someone else's training thing. Um, uh, we as the admins in the group may share one that we find particularly helpful that goes along with an episode or something like that. But just in general, that tends to 
turn into problems really, really fast. <laughs> and that's like, you know, that's spam. That's posting stuff that is outside of the community, outside of the group. And, uh, and so we, we won't be approving those things. So, um, if you've seen, if you've submitted something where you've posted a link to some training out there on the web that you liked, I mean, that's great that you liked it, but it, you could try to like describe it and, and provide that as some saying, saying, if you want to seek after this, you know, someone else in the group wants to go look after it, they can go search for it. Great. But, uh, but we're not going to put any links through that has that there. And, uh, we just want to keep the community like together and, and focused on improving with each other and not have to like sift through, (coughs) sorry, tons of links and things like that. So anyway, we'd really love to have you all continue engaging. We've bent the rules just a tiny bit (laughs) over the last week and posted a few more of these images of Neowise and the comets than we would have normally because they didn't specifically mention like all their settings or things they learned or accompany a lot of text with it. But, um, but we're going to, we're going to go back to making sure that those are not let through. So if you want to post them, the way to do it is as a comment, you add a comment to either the weekly thread Erica just mentioned, or I, I create a link to it every week. I create a post every week that has the episode. That's where we would really like to have it because then it makes more sense too. As people are going to that episode, they can see all the comments and it's all like contextual in line with the post and the episode and everything pertaining to it. And it doesn't get all shambled um, when it's outside that. So all right, good good things that I just wanted to make sure we we went over, remind everyone of. We've got a lot of people who joined the group over the last few months. We haven't really talked mm-hmm. about it for a bit, so just wanted to to go over that. Next thing, <laughs> this one, it's this is uh, funny to me. It's really hilarious. I, I really like it. Um, it. So, Erica, have you ever have you ever heard of anything called hit kid history videos on YouTube? Yes, you have I love them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm shocked. I was a history teacher before I was a photographer. So. Okay. Okay. I did not think. I I thought it might have just been a Utah thing because I think the people who built who created those videos are all from Utah. Um, oh really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they live in Utah that they, they created them. So for those <laughs> of you who have, don't aren't familiar with this, and I I promise this is pertinent. So just give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to what it has to do with this. Uh, there's there's this thing on YouTube. If you haven't seen them, it's, it, you just look up kid history and you'll see all these videos. And um, what the concept was is these these adults in a family were getting together and they were often retelling stories of these now adults. What they did as they were growing up, different experiences they had, funny things that happened in their family. And the kids, the young kids that are there in the family now would listen to these stories. And they, the parents saw them actually kind of retelling these stories as they were playing or stuff like that. And they decided this would be hilarious if we filmed the kids retelling the stories from our past and then we reenacted them. Like as adults now, we acted out exactly the lines or the words that the kids say as they retell the stories. And of course, the kids get it wrong. They use the wrong words. They they have all kinds of funny things that happen. And it's it's just it makes a really funny spin on these stories. And the stories are kind of funny themselves. So anyway, there's an episode <laughs> in kid history where there's two brothers that when they were young, they spent like an entire day arguing with each other about what the word is for the study of oceans. One was convinced it was oceanology and one, the other was oceanography. And they go back and <laughs> forth, back and forth, arguing about this for hours. And their parents are just tired of them doing this. And they, they, um, at one point, the dad trying to drive him to, I think it was a, a basketball game, to go watch a basketball game. And he said, I'm going to turn this car around if you guys don't stop this. And then he actually does turn it around because they won't stop. They just keep arguing about these words. And they're, of course, very, very close words. And that came to mind as I made a mistake last week <laughs> in the episode. Um, I talked about Neowise being an astrological element, and that's not at all right. That's completely incorrect. So, as, as opposed to astronomical. So astrological or astronomical is the study of science um, that deals with celestial objects, space, and the physical universe as a whole. It's, Google says that's the definition. Astrological, on the other hand, is a pseudoscience <laughs> that claims divine information about human affairs and terrestrial events. Um, they're not the same thing. They're not close to the same thing. And I meant <laughs> astronomical. And it, it's so awesome, though, our listeners, they they just they pick up on this. And they were trying to be so nice. Like, I know they were like, I know you 
just said it wrong, but I have to say it anyway, that that's not correct. And I'm like, oh, yep, <laughs> you're right. I shouldn't. In my head, though, as I was saying astronomical, I was thinking of how we often use that to like mean big, huge, as in like an astronomical mistake that you made or mm-hmm. something like that, you know? And so in my head, I was like, no, that's not the right word then. That's, <laughs> that's, that's different. <laughs> anyway, I used it wrong. So I want to correct it this week. I meant astronomical, not astrological. And thanks for all of the, I got multiple people telling you, saying, Hey, um, you might want to fix this. And so thank you. It's <laughs> funny. Um, okay. Let's move into the main part of the show now. Um, I'm really excited about this. Why don't you tee this up, Eric? I've been talking for too long. So why don't you tell us about what the main topic is today? Yeah, so we are, this is something I don't think we've ever done before on the show. And I know that Jeff's really excited about it and I am too. Um, So we are going to be talking about tips and recommendations for young or beginning photographers. So we got an email from uh, a young girl. Her name is Gianna Kirshner. And it was just the sweetest email. Uh, Her email says, Dear Master Photography Podcast, my name is Gianna and I'm 10 years old. I love your podcast and listen to all the podcasts you make. I listen to your newest podcast and I'm going to try to shoot slash see the Neowise tonight or tomorrow night. I was wondering if you have any advice on taking photos as a young photographer. I have the Sony Cyber Shot right now and I'm saving up for the Canon EOS Rebel T7 DSLR camera with the two lens kit the EF 18 to 55 millimeter and the EF 75 to 300 millimeter. I hope you're doing well and staying safe. Please respond if you have time. Thank you, Gianna. Excellent. So I'm, I'm way excited about this. Gianna is what I'm hoping we can do with the podcast. This is, this is so incredible. I hope she's okay with our responding with an episode instead of just writing back an email, <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> right. but we, I, I'm just wanted to dedicate a whole, a whole episode to this. Um, and, and Eric, it, she's 10, she's 10 years old and just starting yeah. on this. And she has this massive opportunity in front of her then, because as a 10 year old, if you're, getting into something at that age, you have so much life in front of you, so many opportunities to be able to learn and grow and develop. And at a stage where, and one of the tips is going to be like, with less concerns, this is an opportunity. So I want to go through what our biggest tips are for Jenna, but let's start off with like, what were you doing when you were 10, (laughs) 10 years old? Oh my gosh. It feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, that's actually right around the time that I was getting into photography. I was terrible and I never thought it would be anything serious for me. I just had a little cheap point and shoot camera and I decided I wanted to focus on photography and 4-H and I spent some time at the YMCA learning how to develop film and and it was really fun even though I was really really bad at it. Uh, I did a lot of travel I'm going to put this in in air quotes, travel, nature, landscape, photography. Uh, I'm putting those in air quotes because they were really, really not good and definitely not what would be worthy of being called a landscape photography at all. Uh, But I had fun doing it and I... It was just kind of experimental for me and I never at that point thought it would turn into what it has turned into today. So, okay, you didn't come out of that thinking, I want to do this forever. No, no. And I, I, you know, I never even thought about doing photography as a career until after I got two master's degrees. So <laughs> it was, it was a very long time between the time that I first picked up a camera and I actually started doing it professionally. See, for me, it's, I'm, I am extremely strange with this. I knew what I wanted to do when I was like seven. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And it really helped, obviously, because then I can lay out everything I'm going to do in life and make it happen from there. But I just, I fell in love with doing stuff on computers way at a young age. In fact, so I I have written in the show notes. I don't know how to go to all all the details, but my dad bought a computer. I think it was, I was nine years old when he finally bought a real computer. Uh, We had some other devices before that, but this was the, the Intel uh, 8088 processor in an XT machine, which most everyone won't know what that is, but it was, it was really fun. And my dad was like encouraging me to learn about it since I was showing interest, but he didn't want me to play games. He's always been like against video games 
not only for the waste of time aspects, but he was worried it was going to like ruin the computer. <laughs> that, like if you wow. press the keyboard buttons too many times, it's going to ruin that button and I don't want it ruined. And, and yeah, I think he spent quite a bit of money on it. So I, I get why he was protective of it. Anyway, he went to work during the day. I was home, especially during the summers I was home. So I figured out how to like modify configuration files and was getting it so I could go play the video game. And then I'd have to set it back before I got home. And I learned a whole bunch <laughs> of stuff about it when I was 10. And, and so that's what I was doing. I had no idea that I would care about photography later in life, but it did set the stage. And, and maybe it's a good comparison to where Gianna might be with this, because if this is something she's really super interested in, she can set herself up now for learning all kinds of things about it and become really, really good at it as yep. she continues to, to get older. And we got some tips that I'm, we want to share with her as a, a pot, some things to, to hopefully help with that as she goes through it. And I'm just way excited to see, hopefully we're going to see her uh, continue, continuing to engage in our community. And as she gets older, we'll see the, the images that she's creating and, and it'd be really fun to see some massive success from Johnny, but let's, let's get into our tips. Um, I'm going to start We're, we kind of have like an every other tip here thing. So we'll, we'll try to just go every other one if that's okay with you, Erica. And then sure thing. And then we'll, uh, we'll get through these and see what we have. So the first one, and these aren't necessarily in a specific order, but the first one that I thought of was, um, don't wait, just get shooting. So many podcasts or articles or they, they have this massive emphasis on gear and talking about all this gear <laughs> that you need to get, spending all this money on this on this stuff, and it's it just tends to be an overwhelming emphasis. And I'm sure as a 10-year-old looking at this and seeing all of these things recommending spending so much money on it, it could be really disheartening, really frustrating, uh, discouraging. And I just want to tell you, like, don't worry about that. <laughs> it doesn't matter the gear for now. You, you definitely have you have a camera, you got this Sony CyberShot, and I don't know which model it is. It doesn't really matter. Um, you have a camera, use it and figure out how to get everything out of it that you can. Um, experiment. We're, we're going to have other tips on what to do, but this, this is a here in 2020 photography is more accessible than it was when I was 10. And Erica just talked about in her 4H, she had to deal with film developing and, and there was a lot to it that uh, I wouldn't say was, was maybe as fun, although maybe some people enjoyed it. But um, <laughs> it's more accessible today than ever. And all you have to have is a desire to learn. And you have a camera that you can do that smartphones can do so much too. There's lots of ways that you can really work on creating more compelling images. And if you just study and, and work on it, you'll be able to, to get better at it, even though you don't have fancy camera equipment. That's not something that you're going to need right now. So you shouldn't like delay getting into learning how to do more about photography because you only have a Sony CyberShot camera. That's plenty enough. Just get going, start shooting, start learning and figure out how to make the, the images that you can create with that camera the very best they can be. And don't worry about what other kind of camera equipment you might hear from other people that they are using or, or think that you have to have that in order to be able to create good images because you can create really fun images with the camera you already have. So that's my first tip. Just get started. Don't wait. Get shooting. Yes, I love that. And I, I guess tip two, my, my tip, it really kind of goes along with that and goes along with what you were saying earlier, Jeff, about now is the is your time. This is your opportunity. So my tip, tip number two, is to educate yourself. So this, Gianna and all the young people listening right now, this is the perfect time for you to focus on educating yourself and improving your skills. You don't have a job. You don't have the, the responsibilities that come along with adulthood. So take advantage of this time when you have this ample free time to grow and to grow your skills. You can do this in so many ways. It's It's kind of hard right now with COVID. I know there are limitations, but right. it's not impossible. So you can do things like finding podcasts you like, just like Gianna did with, with us. You can join photography clubs. I know a lot of photography clubs in my area at least are still holding virtual meetings. You can sign up for a photography class at school. Um, you can find photographers and educators to follow on social media, people that you you know, really look up to and who inspire you um, and who do share some educational opportunities on their social media for free. Also look into memberships and classes on, on 
educational platforms like Creative Live and other platforms. And hint, hint, you could ask for these things, any of these things that might cost money, you can ask for them as holiday gifts. So add it to your Christmas list or your Hanukkah list and um, you know, see if you can get some of these educational opportunities gifted to you uh, so that you can continue to develop and, and grow your skills. Love it. Love it. That's great. I think I skipped number three in our notes. So so let's go to number f- <laughs> what was number four, but we'll, we'll just call it to number three. And that one was one from you again, Erica. So why don't you cover that one? Yes. And it's, it's similar to the education one. This one is finding a good mentor. So find somebody preferably local to you who you admire, who um, may, might be doing the type of work you want to do and ask them if they'd be willing to mentor you or let you shadow them. I know that when I was running my studio, there were lots of schools in our area that had shadowing opportunities. And we had a lot of kids, um, more so like middle school and high school students who would who would shadow us at the studio and be able to get credit, school credit out of that opportunity. So if you have a program like that at school, see if you can get into a studio or get in with a photographer in your area to shadow them. This is a great way for you to learn hands-on, one-on-one with somebody who has experience in the field. One thing to remember, though, is to make sure that you involve your parents in this. You don't want to just go try to find somebody and talk to strangers on your own. Make sure you're involving your parents so that they can help you find someone who's professional and safe and can help you, you know, through this process. Because it can be, it can be a lot. It can be um, overwhelming if you're if you're spending a lot of time with them and getting a lot of knowledge. So having your parents' support with that will be really, really helpful. Right. I I think even in this this current state of COVID going on to that, it's a little harder to go in person and be able to seek this yeah. out right now. But just like we responded with the email that you sent to us, if you if you send them an email and you tell them the same thing, like I'm a, I'm a 10-year-old that's really interested in learning about photography and I'd love to learn from you in whatever way we can make that work. Um, it, it, they're either going to be excited for that opportunity and say, well, I'd love to steer a, a young kid in the right direction in photography, <clears throat> or they're going to not be so nice. And then, you know, you don't want them as a mentor anyway. <laughs> so, so that, that would be uh, that's a great way to be able to do it. I've, I've often said, this is kind of, to me, the way that you decide what camera to get to. Um, oh, yeah. because it makes it a lot easier on your mentor if you have the same camera they do <laughs> or For at sure, least the definitely. same line. Like if they have a Canon, get a Canon. If they have a Nikon, get a Nikon. Um, because you don't know enough about this yet to be able to make an educated decision. You don't know what you want, what you need, what you care about, what you don't. Um, there's too many numbers and specs and buttons and, and all these things to figure out that you can't possibly make a good decision by yourself. I mean, you, I'm sorry, you, you can get a good camera, uh, no matter what you buy is probably going to be a really good camera, but you're going to make life easier for you if you have the same one as your mentor. So that, that to me is, is one of the key things about buying your first camera that helps, could help you make a good decision there. All right. My n- tip number four then is learn every feature function of your camera. What do you think, Erica? Do you feel like you know every feature function of your camera? Oh my gosh, I'm going to get so much hate for this, but <laughs> I, I don't. I definitely don't. And I don't think that's unusual. Actually, I don't think you're going to get hate on that at all because I would bet the majority of the listeners of this podcast, we have thousands of them, would say, yeah, I really don't know what most of the stuff means <laughs> in the menus. I have no idea what do this you, stuff is. Do you, Jeff? Do you? So I'm, I'm not sure I could say every single one, but... I know I've at least tried every single function and having full <laughs> understanding of all of it. In fact, I was looking at over one today. I really wanted to spend more time on something called long exposure noise reduction. Um, mm-hmm. I've studied it a little bit in the past. I kind of found to the, the limit of it. I was like, oh, okay, I don't think this is going to matter much. But I want to try to dig into it a little bit more again. And I've seen it, especially as I was doing NeoEyes and Comets. And I was like, I want to, I really want to figure that out better. I want to make sure I really fully understand it. And when I say fully understand it, it means a really deep dive for me that's going to take a lot of time. But this is my advice. You are a 10-year-old. You probably have a lot of time right now. It's the summertime. Um, School, as it starts up, who knows what that's going to look like for everyone this next year. So you, you have a lot of time. You can, you have the opportunity 
to be able to go through and really understand what every one of those things means. What do they do? Why would you use it? Read, you can try to figure it out from the manual and you'll probably find very quickly that's not super helpful. And then you can go online and start searching on those terms. And it can be kind of a guide about figuring out where to take some studying of your camera to figure out how to best use it. I am fully convinced that most photographers only leverage probably 10, 20, maybe 30% of the capabilities of their cameras because they don't know what they, they don't know everything about how they work and what they can do. And we, we get through some of the basics, which enables you to do a lot in photography for sure. Understanding the exposure triangle, aperture, shutter speed, ISO, that is a, a massive part of this. You really have to get there. And, but, but I don't think people get much past that for most of it. And there's, there's some really cool things that can be in your camera that can help you to le- learn things. And it'll help you to discover subject matters that you enjoy. Like as you're exploring features of your camera, I now can understand like, I really like taking landscapes or I really like taking macro or I really like taking portraits, whatever it's going to be. You can kind of figure it out as you're doing it and, and learning how to use your camera. So you have the time, go in and learn every feature function of your camera so that you can t- get the very most out of it. Okay, what's number five, Erica? All right, number five is experiment. Again, you have time. You have so much time. So give yourself time to experiment with different types of photography. This is your opportunity to figure out which types you love and probably which types you don't like at all. (laughs) Uh, So like Jeff said earlier, like you said earlier, Jeff, just go out and shoot, shoot, shoot. And when you're shooting a lot and shooting a lot of different things, you'll be able to figure out what you're most passionate about. Something that was suggested to me when I first got into photography as an adult was to create a challenge for myself. And I did it as a monthly challenge. So each month I focused on a different type of photography. So let's say senior portraits, one month, landscape, one month, macro, pets, whatever. So each month I I created a challenge for myself and I I spent the first part of that month learning about the genre and, uh, you know, the the technicalities behind each of those genres. And then the rest of the month was spent shooting and I shot a lot and it really helped me figure out what I like and don't like. Um, and I think being a young photographer with a lot of time, taking advantage of this and really trying to figure out now what you love most will save you so much time in the long run. If you want to pursue this professionally, instead of wasting time doing this, when you're trying to like pay bills, figuring it out early, um, will put you on a path to success. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Experimentation is something I preach consistently on, especially on my photo taco podcast. I talk about a lot of stuff that people haven't tried and I was super excited to see the response with, with Neowise because that's something that a whole lot of these listeners of the listeners of the podcast probably have never done. And I was yeah, so I've been pr- seeing that in the group yeah, that this is their first time exactly. shooting this type of thing. Yeah. So experimenting with it. And I'm betting if you asked most of them is saying, man, did I learn a lot as I went out and tried to do this. <laughs> And even though they may feel really accomplished in some other area of photography, going and doing something totally new, totally different that they've never done before, it just helps you to learn even more and get better at the things that you already thought you were pretty good at. So it's super exciting. I I love being able to experiment with things. It's, It's maybe part of what I like so much about photography is I, I feel like there is a never-ending well of learning <laughs> there for me and, and experimentation. And, and it's really cool to me. I just It makes me happy. I love it. Okay, number six. I'm going to say, and I've said this so many times on this podcast, on my Photo Talk podcast, don't upgrade your camera too early. Uh, you're mm-hmm. you're going to get hit by this a lot. <laughs> Everyone talks about like what you need to be a good photographer. And like we said earlier, they, there tends to be this massive focus on gear in particular. Uh, it, it's, it's a big challenge. I'm encouraging you to not listen to it that much. Hold off for a long time in this. Uh, in particular, you're probably going to hear full frame camera over crop sensors. You may not know what the difference is right now, and it doesn't really matter. Um, just don't worry about that being a, a big deal. There are certainly some use cases where it can be a pretty dramatic differences difference there, but it, it's really kind of just, these are tools that you have in your hand and you could put a $10,000, you, you could give a photographer with like no skills, 
$10,000 of camera equipment that, that could be really high-end professional gear. And they're still going to not, <laughs> they're still going to produce images that aren't very good, like no better than you get on a smartphone. Um, whereas if you could, you could take a like $600 camera setup and give it to someone who's extremely skilled. And while there may be some things limiting them as they want to create images, they're still going to create really good images. They're going to get everything out of that camera that you possibly can. So the, the gear itself right now, as you're getting started is not nearly, is not that big a deal. Don't focus on that or emphasize on that. I do think you, you mentioned the plan of going to the T7, the Canon T7 over the Sony Cybershot camera. And I think that's probably a good idea because the Cybershot is, it's probably very capable. I don't know which one you've got, but it still does have a fixed lens. It's a compact camera. I hope you can have full uh, manual controls over all the settings. I think those Cybershot cameras enable that but then you're going to be working within like it only has the one lens that's built into the camera you can't change anything there and i think you are going to have some advantages and things that you can continue to learn and grow on with the t7 over that cybershot camera so i think that's a good idea it's a good plan to get that and as erica mentioned maybe you can make that part of your holiday gifts coming up this year and what's what's going on there or birthdays or whatever it is you can say that you know to mom and dad friends and family this is what i really want to do and so if you want to help me i would love to get a canon t7 and, and i'm sure they'll work hard to help you there and you can work hard to, to get it too and then just work to get that. And then don't worry about it after getting that for a while until you really feel like you have things down and you you really come to the point where you're like, okay, I know enough about this now that I know this camera is limiting what I can do. That's the point when you start to look to an upgrade. When you know there's something very specific you need that is in a different camera body or a different lens. And that's when you go get it. And not because someone said this one's better. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Number seven. What is it? All right. Tip seven, be social. Okay. So I want, this is another one where I want you to really involve your parents because things can get a little dicey here, but being social specifically on social media is a great way for you to learn more about photography. So if you can join some photography communities on Facebook, for example, like our community, you can have the opportunity to share your photos for feedback and critique, which is so valuable as a photographer, especially a photographer who's learning and growing. Um, and you can also ask questions and read other people's questions and the answers that come through on that. These photography communities, if you join one that's very active, are a great, great resource of knowledge. And it helps you just kind of dip your toe into the world of being a photographer and making connections with other photographers. So it, with your parents' permission and with their guidance, join some communities on Facebook, share your photos, ask questions, ask for critique and feedback, and then use all of this information that you're going to get as a way to grow and learn even more. But again, be sure to involve your parents. Make sure that they are approving the groups that you're joining. Make sure that they are monitoring your usage on social media um, so that we can make sure that you're being safe and you're in appropriate groups for young photographers. For sure. Uh, being young, that's, that's critical. We want you to be safe for sure. Okay. Tip number eight. Uh, Erica just talked about like getting some feedback. You, that's, it's it's a really good way to be able to do that. And, and it's kind of important to find feedback that is not the simple things that your family and friends are probably going to say. Your family and friends love you and they they are going to probably, they don't want to hurt your feelings. And so they're always going to say like, oh, I love that image. <laughs> or there's, that is so good. And, they may, and, and maybe it'll be good enough like of com compared to the stuff they create that they're going to think, wow, that is really very good. And that's, that's going to be great. But in order to continue to improve, you're going to need some help from somebody who maybe knows a little bit more about it than, than most of the people you know. And that critique and feedback, I want to kind of set the stage for what it is um, that, that you need to look for there. When you ask someone to critique your image, especially if it's someone you respect, someone that uh, produces, creates images that you, you respect, then um, you, you have to understand you're asking them 
to tell you something that they would change with your image. That's kind of the whole core message that you're, you're giving to them. What is it you would change? And we don't say it that way, but, um, but that's really what you kind of need to think about it. And therefore what you're asking them is tell me what you would change. And they're going to tell you then what they would change. And it doesn't mean your image isn't good. It doesn't mean that you didn't do a really good job with the image. And, and it doesn't mean like when you say, what would you change? You have to keep working until they say, well, I wouldn't change anything. This is great. Like it is. That's, almost never going to (laughs) happen. Like that's, as you ask for that opinion and that feedback, they are in the mode. I know I am whenever I do critiques, I'm in the mode of, well, somebody is looking for value out of this and the value I can give is what I might try to do differently. I might phrase it that way. I might say, well, I love this image. This is a really good image. I would try this or I would try that and see what happens, see if I like it better. And just as like suggestions, but I would feel terrible or I'm like, I'm adding zero value if they ask for feedback and I say, oh, that looks great. And that's it. Then (laughs) there's no value in what I did. So just have the right frame of mind as you go in and are asking for feedback and critiques from people who are are good photographers, um, that they're not necessarily saying your images are are awful. I I hope they don't anyway, that would be someone you might want to avoid if that's their reaction. But, (laughs) but because they, if, if they do have suggestions, that's totally what like you're asking for. So that that's totally, it's, it's fine. That's a good way to be able to continue to grow. All right. Tip number nine, Erica, what do you think? Tip number nine, and this is this is one that I think is not only good for Gianna and young photographers, but just for everybody, myself included. Never, ever doubt yourself. Remember, especially if you're a young photographer or a new photographer, remember that you are in the middle of this period of growth and learning, and you should never, ever compare the work that you're doing with the work that you see from somebody else. And especially never doubt your abilities because of that comparison. You have to remember that what most people are showing online on their portfolio, on Instagram or whatever, is their highlight reel. It's the best (laughs) of their work. So you can't compare your entire collection, all of your photos against somebody else's highlight reel. Just remember that if you really, really love photography, Just continue to learn, grow, overcome the challenges that you're faced with, and always, always keep your faith in yourself and your abilities. And never, Gianna and all the other young people listening, never let your age get in the way of what you really, really want to do. There is a really well-known photographer and photography educator. Her name is Hope Taylor. Um, She actually has been on Portrait Session before. Hope is, she's 21 years old. She is one of the most well-known portrait photography educators in the U.S. She is a highly sought-after senior and wedding photographer. She started her business when she was 14. By the time she was 16, she was making six figures photographing seniors in her school and in other schools, like, you know, around where she grew up. And now at the age of 21, she is making so much money and is is really— kind of famous in the photography world um, for both for her education and her photography. So don't ever let somebody tell you you're too young to do something. You're not good enough to do something. If you really want to do this, don't doubt yourself and just go for it. Excellent. I love it. So speaking of the highlight reel, do you remember you've seen the first Jumanji? Let's see the new remake of the first Jumanji. I don't know how you say it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you have this. I love this. I just think about this constantly when, when we're talking about social media, there's at the beginning, you have the one girl who is creating a, it looks like an Instagram post. I don't think they call it that because it can't do that in movies, but they, she's posting some image and she's like got lights and curlers and she, she's got all this whole setup. And then she takes the photo and her caption to it was like, LOL, just rolled out of bed or something like that. When it was totally staged and made <laughs> yeah. up. And that's what I think about with social media. You're seeing something that in a lot of cases is very staged, very not real, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. and so keeping that in perspective. Now, when it comes to photography and images... Um, most of the time, I hope it's at least their work. That's not even 
fully certain. So, so you may not even know yeah, that for true. sure, but, um, but at least it, it is probably something that they did work hard at, but you don't know if it took them 10,000 pictures to get to that or how much time they had to spend in Lightroom and Photoshop, how many failures they had before they finally got that image, how maybe lucky <laughs> they ended up being to be in the right place at the right time and, and, and managed to capture that photo. You don't, you don't really know a lot of that. So it can be super discouraging when you see people sharing things that look so much better than what you're creating. I know I, I feel that every single day I'm, I'm looking through mm -hmm. things. I'm like, wow, I can't believe what they can produce. And, <clears throat> but I, it motivates me and drives me more than frustrates me now, because I think I know I can, if I spend enough time on this, I could do that. I could totally do that. If I was able to go in and spend uh the the backpacking camping trip out to the the remote lake and have these that scene in front of me i'm i'm really confident maybe not the first try but i could get the a similar image i could go and create a similar image to them but it would take some work and and obviously they put work into it too so it it's a very healthy kind of thing to have and the hope taylor example is a really good one i hope you'll go and look her up and engage with her, maybe even send her a note and say, hey, I really want to do this. What did you do? How did you get started? And, and uh, find I would absolutely recommend doing that. Yeah. She is so kind. She is so quick to respond on social media, at least, to questions and provides so much encouragement and education. I think that if Gianna, if you reached out to her and told her what you told us, I think she would she would love to hear from you and would love to to engage with you. Yep. And um, if your parents think it's okay, if you want to come and join our Facebook group, we'd love to have you there and we'll make sure to protect you. <laughs> if, if people are not <laughs> yes. nice, we will make sure they will be nice <laughs> and, and take care of it. Um, so we, we'd love to have you uh, learn and, and with that if, if your parents think that's okay. Um, all right. So you wanted to add one more little note to Jana, Erica. Why don't you tell us that? Yes. So this is for Gianna or any young female interested in photography or doesn't even have to be a young female, any female in general. We have to kind of come together and support each other as females because photography can often feel like a male dominated field, especially when we're talking about landscape and astrophotography. So I just want to remind you to never let the stand in the way of you chasing your dream. Just like I said about your age and comparing yourself to other people, this is another thing that you need to just push aside and continue to pursue regardless of your gender. If you truly are interested in becoming a photographer, especially a landscape photographer, you probably will feel like you have to try a little bit harder than others to be noticed because there are a lot of people, a lot of, um, especially a lot of men who, who are in the field and you have to, you know, push yourself a little harder to be noticed. And that's okay. The landscape photography field in general needs more women and girls to represent it. And Gianna, I'm so proud of you, not only for pursuing it and being interested in it, but for writing in to tell us about your goals. You are absolutely an inspiration to, to me and I'm sure to many young girls that that hear this episode. And I want to thank you for reaching out to us. And if you want to follow some really, really awesome women landscape photographers, check out Kath Simard, Aaron Babnick, Isabella Tabachi, Sapna Reddy, and even our very own Elise Bender. Elise is a wonderful person. She is, has been a part of the community for a very long time, and she has been very successful as of late with her landscape and nature photography. Um, so she's definitely one to follow. For sure. I couldn't have said it better. And I'm glad you were on to be able to speak to it, actually, <laughs> because it's not the same coming from me. So, <laughs> so yeah. I'm really glad to, that you were on. I love having you come on, Erica. Just that we need your female voice in our podcast. So thank you for doing that. You're so welcome. Happy to be here. Uh, um, okay. So now I want to ask for engagement from the community. What did we miss? We went through, I thought we had 10, but it was nine. I skipped number three. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have nine tips that we just went through that we shared with John the things that we, that Erica and I came up with. I'm sure there's some other things that we didn't think of that might be really helpful to her. So, I'd love to have you engage when I post in the Facebook group. I'd love to have you go and comment there in the Facebook group about maybe some other tips, something that you remember, especially if there's someone that's a, a little younger 
and can very well remember being 10 years old and having the kind of equipment we have today. I didn't have that. It's a very different world we live in than when I was 10 years old. And, uh, and I'd love to have whatever feedback you've got or whatever comments you have on some tips of what maybe we missed that, uh, that Jana could, could benefit from and engage in the Facebook group. Remember the rules. We'd love to have you comment on the post and, <laughs> and share things there um, as, as you do that. But I'd love to have you engage. And you can also make comments on the posts in, at the website. So that's over at masterphotographypodcast.com. We don't get much engagement at all in at the website. And I hear from a lot of listeners who say, you know, I just don't do Facebook. You all talk about Facebook groups constantly and I don't do Facebook. And I get that. I, I, I can see why you don't. And I don't fault you at all for that. I, so you do have another way to communicate and that's via the comments. So if, if you want to be able to leave a comment, that would be a, another good place to do that. And then we'll, if we get a, a few enough, maybe we'll, we'll mention it in the next episode or in an upcoming episode, any kind of tips that we missed that, uh, that you all made us aware of. So that'd be great. Well, let's go to doodads of the week. Erica, what's your doodad? My doodad is Trello. Uh, It's an online organizational tool that helps you keep track of things like task lists or projects. Um, A lot of people use it for project management. I, in particular, use it for social media planning calendars, blog development, project management, to-do lists, communicating with team members, assigning tasks to other people. It's just, um, it's free. I mean, you can upgrade if you want, but I use the free version. It is uh, such a useful tool for those of you who might be running a photography business or maybe have to stay organized in, in your your career and your professional life. And I know a lot of people who actually use it for their home life too. They'll organize things like their kids' sports schedules uh-huh. or their grocery lists or things. So um, it's something that is is really versatile and really helps to keep you organized and on track um, and makes sure helps you make sure that you get everything done that you need to get done. You know, I had a listener recently say, you guys go into that thing you call doodads and I mostly from international listeners, I think. And they're like, I didn't know what that was for a long what time. That is. <laughs> what is a doodad? <laughs> I guess it's maybe a little bit too much American slang or something <laughs> for people, for some people to get it. But uh, that's a good one. I like, I've used Trello before. So I, I hadn't thought of using it in that way. I I'd used it to like cross communication between different social things. Um, yeah, yeah, you can do it that does too. Does it one spot? But anyway, that's a that's a good suggestion. I, I love having you. There's so many good reasons we ha- we have to have on more, Erica. It's good. All right, <laughs> my doodad of the week is the thing of the week. I, <laughs> just to, to clear that up a little bit, these are like you know, photo- we try to keep them photography related, but just things that we use. Uh, sometimes gear, um, sometimes not. And I'm I'm glad that it's not gear because I, I think we focus way too much on gear, and I try mm-hmm. so hard not to, but it just comes up a lot. Anyway, Sky Guide app is my doodad of the week. It's $3. Unfortunately, it's iOS only. And I haven't really, maybe uh, this is another thing you can let me know in the Facebook group for you who are Android users to tell me a, a good alternative to this. They don't make one, like the company behind Sky Guide doesn't make one for, for Android. And I don't know of a good one for Android. I don't use it, so I don't I don't have a reason to seek one out. I can't personally try it. So anyway, this app, is uh, it's been super valuable for me. So I am a complete astronomy dummy. I mean, I proved it last week, as I said, astrological instead of astronomical, <laughs> but I'm a complete dummy. I can barely find like the Big Dipper and that's like about it. <laughs> you know, oh, the moon, I, I see that one and the Big Dipper. Uh, so when it came to find Neowise, um, I really wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't have this app. It ended up being like so much smaller in the sky uh, at least where I am and, and faint enough um, in the Salt Lake Valley. I, I didn't, I haven't traveled uh, out to a like lower no, light pollution area to see what it's like there. Some of the photos I've seen from you all have shown how much better it can be. But for me, where I've been trying it, where it was local, uh, it was, would have been a serious challenge. I would never have found it if I, if I didn't have this app. So the way this app works is it kind of prevents or provides a, a virtual reality view that it overlays on top of whatever the camera sees in front of you. So you can point it out at the scene in front of you, and then you can like do a search. And I did a search for Neowise and, and then it has an arrow and it says, you need to turn this way and then you need to go up and oh, there it is. There's where it should be. And, uh, so cool. and it made it so that I could find the thing <laughs> and be able to have a chance to, to photograph 
photograph it. Or more recently, I've been out a couple of times since I first captured it. Uh, I got super lucky that first night, apparently, because I've gone twice more and we've had enough forest fires here in Utah. It's just suddenly turns dry and hot and everything's burning up. Uh, it's not visible anymore from the Salt Lake Valley because the smoke just covers it. So, um, so I haven't been able to see it and I wouldn't have been able to know that for sure unless I had this app to say, yeah, it should be right there. And then I can say, well, all that's there is smoke. So that's a problem. <laughs> and, and it's been very helpful. So totally recommend it. If you're like me and you're just an astronomy dummy, then this, this can turn you into somebody who can find any constellation or major astronomical element in the sky. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Well, that's it for the show today. I hope you all enjoyed it. A reminder, masterphotographypodcast.com is where you can find the show notes, where you can find all of the information about all of the shows that we do. And uh, you, you can go over there again for the comments, if that's what you want to do instead of the Facebook group, or you can go search out the Master Photography Podcast Facebook group. You do have to ask to join that group. We want to keep spammers and bots out of there. We want to make sure everyone knows the rules when they join. So that's part of it too. But you have to name a host. So that'll work for either Erica or Jeff. And you can spell them wrong. I'll get it <laughs> if you know if you don't know how to spell them. And we'll we'll add you to the group. And, and anyone who's been on the show, all you have to do is name someone who's been on the show. And we'll know you're a listener then. Really simple to do it. But if you don't do it, we're going to just not let you in the group. We're going to decline your, your request to join. Um, Instagram for the show is at Master Photography Podcast. So you can tag us on Instagram so we can see all of your photos out there. It's another good way to be able to share if you don't do Facebook. And then uh, you can find me over at jaceharmonphotos.com or my other podcast, Photo Taco Podcast. I just released an episode where I try to break down what it is that Apple Silicon means for photographers and try to explain it in as non-technical terms as I could about what I think you can expect there. So you can go check that out if you're interested. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you can all find that in the show notes. Erica, where can people find you? You can find me pretty much everywhere at Erica K Photography. And remember, that's Erica with a C. <laughs> right. K-A-Y Photography. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, all the places you can find me there. Excellent. Excellent. And I know listeners are going to kill me if I don't ask. So any oh, plans for portrait session? <sighs> <I don't know. laughs> Connor and I have talked about this a lot. Yes. We, it's something that weighs very heavily on us. And with... With Connor being back in school, juggling yeah, a full-time yeah. schedule as a student with his photography business, and then with, with my work as well, it's just we can't guarantee it. And I know that we, we've kind of been dragging people along for a long time. Um, we are trying to figure out a way to either get it going again or to hand it over to somebody else. So hopefully we'll have an announcement coming to you guys eventually, but it's just, it's, there's a lot going on right now and we're, we're trying to figure it all out. Yep. Totally understand. I will just be happy if you guys will just come on the show sometimes. So that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for joining me, Erica. It was a, such a pleasure to have you again. I love it. Um, we will. Thank you, Jeff. We, so fun. <laughs> it was. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, let us know if we missed something in the top 10. We'll see you again in another seven days. 